perfection not only isn't real, it's just stupid. Okay? Perfection is stupid. Better is everything. Anytime you take messy action, there's an opportunity for quote unquote failure. Our messy action was getting the studio and then not testing out the camera. It was just like, look, we have an interview today. Like, let's figure this out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, weekly live NLU podcast. It is week number 80. We are going to be talking about understanding the importance of messy action. So Alan and I have had a lot of opportunity to take messy action over the course of our quote unquote careers. For those of you who might be thinking, what is messy action? What does that mean? Messy action is basically you taking action with the understanding that things might not go 100% perfectly. It's you understanding that it's more important for you to actually take an action than it is to wait for the perfect time, the perfect opportunity. Because at the end of the day, there is no perfect time. There is no perfect opportunity. And if you don't take action, you're not going to be able to get feedback on your thing. So you're not going to be able to improve. What's your definition, Alan, of of messy action? Well, I think the best way to explain my definition is this is week 80. So 80 weeks in a row of messy action. The first one, as we talk about often, was in uh, my mother's mobile home, which we no longer have. But the power went out and she had a generator in her mobile home. Um, And we went in there and I did it on my phone. Um, And that was week one. And here we are week 80. We've got new backdrops. We've got, you know, wired in internet. We've, We've got new cameras. Like... But if we didn't get through week one, we would never have gotten to week 80. And that's what messy action really is. Messy action is failing forward. And we talk about it on the team all the time. We call it jeffing forward, failing forward, um, falling forward, whatever you want to term it. But the important piece is to understand that perfection is not real. You know, I don't care if you're Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky or Kobe Bryant, you never have a perfect game. You just have better and better and better and better games. Sometimes you have bad games. Sometimes you have great games, but there's no perfect game. And if you're out there listening, the one thing I really want to drill home right out of the gate here is there is no perfect day, perfect week, perfect month, perfect quarter, perfect year, perfect decade. There's just better days, better weeks, better months, better quarters, better years, and better decades. And and it's it's a consistent and sustainable learning process of And that's the key to fail forward. It's not fail, 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 fail. It's fail forward, fail forward, fail forward, right? So you're supposed to learn, you know, we're we're 80 weeks in and we know we we made at least 80 mess ups far more. And and the key is we're not failing at the same things over and over again. The, The messy action has created improvements. And I think that's the key. Well, I'd like to tie that to one of my points. So Alan spoke about the first, so we didn't even do, it wasn't a live podcast. The first thing we did, 80 weeks ago was a mastermind on yeah. zoom. We did that for a while. And then we did a meetup where we did, it was still on zoom. We did that for a while, but all of this started when we were virtual, right? So COVID happened. 
And the very beginning, Alan and I were no longer meeting up with each other. And we're like, okay, cool. First messy action we had to take, we had to learn Zoom. So we ended up interviewing Jarek Robbins. And that was the first time Alan and I had ever used Zoom, ever. No idea what to do. Jarek was like, hey, can I, can I screen share and like do some things? We're like, don't know. Is that a thing that happens here? Like, don't, we have no idea. And he did. That turned into us doing the live, or it wasn't live podcast, the, the masterminds. That turned into us going and getting a studio. When we got to the studio, there was this whole other thing of taking messy action where Alan and I had this camera that I'm using right now that we had used before to record episodes. But we found out from Alessandro that you can use this camera as a webcam. So we get the opportunity <laughs> to interview Dean Graziosi. Uh, for those of you who don't know Dean Graziosi, he is just an absolute rock star in our space. He's been on stage with Tony. He's been on stage with everybody. He's unreasonably successful, multi um, best-selling author, like just amazing. Great guest. The biggest guest we ever had, a million followers on Instagram, just well-known. Everybody knows who he is. And we say, hey, it's going to be awesome, Dean. Like we're in our new studio. We have this awesome camera set up. It's going to be awesome. Like this is going to be the best. And when Dean logs on, we can see him in our TV because we have it set up that way. And it literally, our, our video looks like it's being shot through a potato. It is so bad. The second Dean logs on, you can literally see like the air go out of him. He's like, this is going to be terrible. Now, luckily for us, we over-delivered, and I think we, we had a really, really good interview with Dean. But this is the thing. Anytime you take messy action, there's an opportunity for quote-unquote failure. Our messy action was getting the studio and then not testing out the camera. It was just like, look, we have an interview today. Like, Let's figure this out. I did all the research. Everything should be fine. It wasn't fine. It ended up being a quote-unquote fail-forward moment. But having Dean on that first time and impressing him means that if we get the opportunity to have him on again, we'll do better for sure. And we there's a way higher likelihood that we get to have him on again because he's already been on our show one time and we are lucky enough to have a bunch of people on. Dave's been on a bunch, Dave Meltzer, Anthony Trucks, Tori Aletto, you know, Jarek Robbins has been on our show two times. So like we have a lot of people come back. But the moral of the story is this. From the beginning of the pandemic until now, Alan and I have changed this from a mastermind to a meetup to a live podcast. We went from doing it virtually on Zoom and taking questions and having people post inappropriate things at the very beginning of Zoom, which was, oh, a, huge, that was brutal. a huge Jeffing, to moving into the studio to now having really nice home offices and home studios, deciding on whether or not we even want to go back and use the studio. Like all that has happened because of messy action. This whole show, this whole business, everything that we have built is a result of messy action and then improvement along the way. So this is one of my favorite things to talk about for sure. Yeah, 100%. And also StreamYard, we never even used. Didn't even know what it was until Didn't we- Didn't know what StreamYard was. Did yeah. it with Dave. Yeah, it's wild. And I think the key again, 80 weeks in right now, without that first week, we wouldn't got wouldn't have gotten to 80 weeks. Um, and that's the key. Okay, so I have a bunch of stuff written down. Kevin and I prepped for this. The very first thing I have written down is it shows your blind spots. Messy action shows your blind spots. When you don't get a result that you had hoped to get, it means you were missing something. Um, we were in Florida recently at a conference, Kevin, myself, Emilia, and Bianca. 
and we're in the conference room and we're watching these speakers and we leave for lunch. We go back to the Airbnb. And for some reason, from like 11.45 a.m. on, none of us could communicate with our teams. They have a team at the Y Power Podcast. They just rebranded, um, but I'll let them announce that. And we have a team that we communicate primarily on WhatsApp because we have an international team. Alessandro's from Italy, right? And all of a sudden, while we're there at this conference learning, all of a sudden, we're not able to get in contact with our team. We were creating QR codes, and we were trying to improve the website, and we were you know, going to launch group coaching, which we did launch, by the way, so it's below. But we were trying to take messy action while at the conference. We didn't want to just learn. We wanted to learn and take action. We get back to the Airbnb, and I'm kind of freaking out. And Emilia sort of is too. Kevin and Bianca are a little bit as well. And we're trying to figure out, like, did this conference, like, shut down our phones? Did we sign something that said, like, we're not allowed to like use our phones during the conference. And I was like, from a tech perspective, you know, that doesn't make any sense. I didn't even know that if that technology exists, the hotel Weston at Fort Lauderdale, Florida certainly doesn't have it. Turns out Instagram, WhatsApp and Facebook are all owned by the same company. And all of us were all trying to use those applications simultaneously. And we were all like, what is going on? And so the point I'm making is that we were trying to fail forward and there was something that didn't make sense. When you fail and you didn't expect to fail, it means something went wrong that you don't yet understand. And we were in the Airbnb all trying to figure out what is going on. That's called an anomaly, something that doesn't fit the pattern. So when I say 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, if I were to throw out a number 300 in there, you would realize that that doesn't fit the pattern because I was doubling. And so that means there's something you're missing. Anomalies are my favorite thing in the world because it means there's something you're missing. It means there's something you're unaware of. So what I wrote down is it shows your blind spots. Kevin, myself, Emilia, and Bianca had no idea, or at least we weren't conscious of it at the time, that Facebook owns WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook. I did know that. But like we didn't realize that that was the anomaly. That was the issue. And then later that night, Emilia was looking up what had happened. The servers went down. There's a whole thing that happened with Facebook that day. And Facebook stock dropped, all that. Failing forward messy action is an opportunity to learn something. And every single time that you take an action expecting a certain result and you don't get that result, that means there's something to learn. If later tonight I make food and prep a meal for Emilia and I and she doesn't like it, okay, Perfect example of messy action right now in live time. <laughs> Classic. Okay, so this is a perfect example. I'm going to segue. I'll be right with you. Kevin's camera just went out. For those of you who are listening only on... Oh, Kevin is gone now. There's something going on with Kevin's camera that we did not anticipate. So now there's something that we're going to learn, and he's going to come back in a second, by the way. So he's going to come back in in a second. Kevin, if you... Okay, here he is. All right, this is a perfect example. After this live... Kevin and I will mastermind about what is going on with that camera to make sure that next time that does not happen. I remember for a long time, we had the banner going across the bottom and then we got feedback from a team member that they don't like that. That's distracting. So then we stopped that. And so this is all an example of failing forward. So your blind spots right now, Kevin and I have a blind spot about what's going on with his DSLR. We have no idea why this is happening. True or false? Uh, true. And it's it's very annoy, annoying, sim, and, and whatever the word would be. Irritating. Yes. And, and so that's an opportunity to learn. Turn your frustration into fascination and then transformation. 
just like with WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram being down, we turned our frustration into fascination, and then we figured out what was going on, and we learned because of it, just like we're going to do with the camera. And that most likely will happen again because it happened at the very beginning. I have no idea. Alan have been using Alan and I have been using it all day, and it just started happening. But this is the other thing too about messy action. When we used to, we would do post feedback calls with our team after this. And a lot of times, any, anytime something got Jeff, the team would be like, you guys handled it so well. Like you were super patient. It didn't seem like you got frazzled that much. Like didn't seem to shake you. And it's like, of course not. You know how many times this has happened? Like this has happened. The camera has Jeffed while on a live with David Meltzer in front of potentially tens of thousands of people because it gets repurposed on his podcast. So it's like, it's happened so many times that eventually messy action can become practice. It is practice for exactly what we're doing here today. And that, that is proof. I'm glad, Alan, you were able to run with it. If anything craps out on your side, I'll try to make a point out of it as well. Oh, but for sure. We'll see what happens. So I'll have to purposely Jeff my camera. <laughs> another thing, another beautiful thing about messy action is some people, particularly people who understand the game that you're playing, they really, really look up to that. That is a way for you to build a relationship with them. So I've talked a lot about David Meltzer. You guys know he's a, a mentor of ours. He sponsors our show. He's we're coached by him. It's awesome. He's He's been so instrumental in our growth. But what a lot of people don't know is we had interviewed Dave virtually. And when I say virtually, Dave was like getting in his car and like driving down the street on this interview. This was before we had cameras. This was before any of that. Alan found out that Dave was coming to Boston. And we were like, okay, we got to see if we can interview David Meltzer in Boston. Like, what do we do? Do we have him come to the house? What do we do? And we're like, all right, we got we to gotta do a hotel. Like, we have to book a hotel. We booked a hotel before we even knew what the deal with Dave is. And then we ended up talking to Colleen, the president of his company. She's like, cool, we can do it. All right, where are you guys staying? Cool, we're staying here. So the day of the interview comes. Alan and I drive into Boston. We have to park at a parking garage like down the street because Boston is just a huge pain. We've got all our equipment. We so have all our equipment. In the streets of Boston with all yeah. our equipment. We yeah. have our lights. We have our microphones. We have our mixer. We have camera. our camera. We have everything, a bunch of cables. And we're setting up the room. And or like we get in the room and we're like, this isn't going to work at all. This is like a $300 hotel room at some nice hotel in Boston. And it's a double bed. There's two double beds. So Dave's coming in an hour and a half. We have to set this up. We have no idea what to do. We, so we take one of the beds, we flip it over on top of the other bed, and we basically tear the room apart so we can have a little podcast studio. We move the table over. We set up the chairs. We're setting up the lights. I knock one over. It shatters all over the floor. So it's <laughs> now we're down a light. Just an FYI, the hotel room was totally fine. We do yes. not vandalize property. No, 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 Everything no. was fine. When he says tear the room apart, he yeah, means yeah, yeah. that metaphorically. Yes, metaphorically. <laughs> and so Dave gets there. And this was a huge, important shift in our relationship with David Meltzer because he saw that we were willing to take messy action. He saw that we were all in. He saw that we were willing to do what it took. And he said that he's like, Oh, you guys are like next level. Huh? You just like tore the, again, we didn't tear it up, but he said, you redecorated the hotel room basically. So we could do this. And we're like, yeah, we, we want to do this. Like this is important to us. So that day, Dave saw that. And that was something that Dave values. And that changed our relationship forever. If we 
waited to book the hotel until we knew for sure, it may have never happened. If we walked into the hotel and said, mm, we can't do it, Dave, I'm sorry, that may never have happened. We had another chance back in the day, uh, Charlie Jabbily, Charlie Rocket. We were interviewing him and his team emailed us and said, hey, can you guys check into the hotel room for us? Like check into our hotel room and set up. We only have an hour before we have to be somewhere else. And it's like, I guess, sure. Like, let's see what happens. And we did the same thing. And that that was a great interview too. So a lot of what I'm talking about today is us, but I do believe that messy action is our one of our strengths. And I just think that from the lessons and from the stories that I talk about, you'll see that we would not be where we are if we waited for everything to be perfect. We never would have started, in fact. So that's that's my goal in this in this live podcast. And that doesn't even include, too, when we first went to see Dave speak in New Jersey. We drove, what, six hours? Yeah. And then we, we ended up missing his speech. Yeah. And then we got... Uh, can you just tell that story quickly, too? Yeah. Because, again, messy action, like, for yeah. sure. So we found out Dave was speaking in New Jersey, and we we're like, cool, we go to Jersey. Like, we've been there. We interviewed Eric Grand a couple times. We went down there with Isabella Picard. Cool, we're going to do this. So we book a hotel room. We buzz on down to New Jersey. It's at some, like, community college, which I had no idea what was going on. And I think Dave was supposed to speak at 2.30. So I was like, Alan, we'll get there at 2.10. It'll be awesome. Like, this will be fire. We get there, and um, the super coach, Michael Burt, is speaking. And we're like, hey, what's the deal with, like, Dave? When's he speaking? And they're like, oh, he spoke this morning. Like, he's still here, but he's, he spoke this morning. And Alan and I were like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, he, everything got moved and he, he ended up speaking and we're talking to somebody who worked there and she's like, wait, you guys drove down to see Dave. And we're like, yeah, we drove down from mass. Like we want to see Dave speak. And she's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to introduce you to Dave. He's over here doing a meetup basically. So number one, they took pictures of us before we went over there. And they're like, we want to take pictures with you guys, which is weird. I don't know why <laughs> Alan talked to coach, uh, Michael Burt. He ended up coming on the podcast, which was great. Multiple times. Multiple times this amazing young lady walks us down and says hey dave these are two people who came here to see you speak dave's like hey take a seat we're doing a meetup and then i proceeded to get my mind blown for three hours while alan asked questions to dave and that was another huge thing that built credibility for us that again showed dave that investing in us investing in the show investing time and coaching with us was valuable but that was like all messy action the whole thing so much in fact that we didn't even see dave speak <laughs> But it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't. And then on top of that, another story too quickly. And again, this is the importance of messy action. We went to Toronto to interview Evan Carmichael on his YouTube channel. Uh, he has 3 million subscribers and a massive impact. And now we actually met some people that are now clients of ours too, which is fascinating. Connecting a lot of dots right here. But I remember we were almost to the interview with Evan Carmichael. And I remember thinking to myself like, and I said this to you in the car, Kev, I don't know if you remember. I remember thinking like, we've drove to Toronto eight hours away. What if he just has to cancel, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and he didn't, which ended up working out. But like, if he had canceled, we literally had said like, we've just, you know, still podcast. We'd still travel. Like it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth the chance. And so, and then later he ended up speaking at an event we co-hosted down in Florida, right? It's just wild how to, you can connect the dots to messy action yeah. so much. The second thing that I have written down here is that perfection isn't real. And I'm actually going to be a little more brash about this. Perfection not only isn't real, it's just stupid. Okay? Perfection is stupid. Better is everything. I'm going to say it one more time. Perfection is stupid. 
better is everything. So Mercedes-Benz's tagline is the pursuit of perfection. But they realize they're never actually going to get there. They're just closer than the other car companies from their own perspective. What's the difference between a Mercedes-Benz and a Toyota Corolla? Okay, one of them has spent more time, more investment, more conscious energy in engineering and the right materials and design to have it be a better car. Toyota Corollas aren't bad. They're just not as perfected. Neither one's perfect. Toyota Corolla, Mercedes-Benz, neither one's perfect. And if you want proof of that, just go back 30 years ago and look at the Mercedes-Benz then compared to the Mercedes-Benz now. Okay? There is no perfect car. There is no perfect company. There is no perfect person. There's just better cars, better companies, better people. And by better people, I don't mean intrinsic value. I mean, if you spend every single second of your life investing in becoming a better version of yourself, understanding yourself, understanding the world, improving yourself, it's just like home improvement. It's just like if you redo your kitchen and redo your bedroom and redo the, the landscaping and do a garden and you know you tile the house and you paint the house, your house is more valuable than a clunker. You're, if you spend your life building a better home, investing in real estate, investing in your home, and making it better and better and better and better and better, you better believe that when you sell that, you're going to be able to sell it for far more than what you bought. And the same goes for human beings. So again, messy action. Emilia and I last weekend, it was Saturday? No, it was Sunday. We spent from 11 a.m., and Amy was there for the first part of this as well, um, because we meet every week to do NLU stuff. And... From 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. at night, Emilia and I were painting her office. It's a big office. And we were painting it. And it was messy. We had drop cloths. My sandals I was wearing still have paint all over the bottom of them. Um, it was messy, but the it, place looks amazing. See, the end product looks beautiful. But during it was messy the whole time. Literally, the whole place was a mess. As a matter of fact, 9 p.m. hit, and we were going to go to the gym. And I said, sweetie, honestly, I don't think the gym is congruent right now for either of us because we need to get good sleep. I ended up going, um, but she has to wake up earlier than me. So I ended up just waking up later. But the point is, is that from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., we took messy action. And now it looks amazing. Now it looks, quote unquote, perfect. But it was looked terrible from 11 to 9. It wasn't perfect till the very end. And it's still not perfect. It still could be better. I'm not a professional painter. But my point is that perfect is silly. Better is everything. And if you come from that frame of trying to get better rather than be perfect, your whole life will be better. Speaking of not being perfect, I got to run to the bathroom real quick. I will be right back. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and I'm host of the Business of Happiness podcast. When I met Kevin and Alan two years ago, I had no idea of how much impact they would have not only on the success for my business, but also on my life. They've given me enormous perspective and true strategies, true tactics to take in my everyday business plan and in my life plan to make an even greater success. Kevin and Alan, thank you so much. I couldn't even begin to express my gratitude for all you've done for me. And if you're looking for similar mentorship, I highly recommend these incredible experts at the Next Level University. So one of my, this is one of my favorite stories and I'm sad Alan won't hear it, but Alan listens to these replays. So he'll hear it when he comes back. Um, one of our, one of the pieces of our businesses, Next Level Podcast Solutions is one of the things that has really helped us make a lot of money 
and helped us to really do this full time and just be professional podcasters. Now, it seems like we have it all figured out now, but I remember getting introduced to my first real high ticket client. Somebody messaged me and said, Hey, Kev, I know you know how to start podcasts. I know you know how to do the video editing and the audio editing, all that stuff. I have a friend who wants to start a podcast, but he doesn't want to do this stuff. Oh my God. Worst case scenario. Jeffing forward. <laughs> Classic. So my, my buddy said he doesn't want it. Alan, you just missed it. Oh, you can't hear me. You What's just, up, man? You just missed it. The camera shut off when you went away. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is what my friend said to me. He said, this person doesn't want to do any of the work. And I remember I was like, okay, uh, I'm sure I can figure it out. I'm sure I can figure it out. Whatever you have to do, like I can figure this out. So I go and meet this person uh, at his office building. And at this point, I had helped start probably like 10 or 12 podcasts. I helped them figure out the equipment. I helped them do all that stuff. I get the music, record the intro, record the trailer, all that stuff. But I had never really produced an entire show. And I'm in this really nice office building with this really successful person talking about podcasts. And he said, like, what do you do? How does it work? Should I start a podcast? We had this really great talk. He said, okay, cool. Let me think about it. Emails me back a couple of weeks later. says, hey, come back to the office building. I want to talk more about this. I talked to him about it and say, this is what is possible for you. This is our pricing. This is what I'd like to do for you. And we're up in his office. He shakes my hand. He says, let's do it. Seems like an awesome thing. Like, let's do this. I get in the elevator, taking the elevator down. I'm literally crying, texting Taryn saying, hey, we made it because this was the first high ticket client I had ever gotten. Now, the moral of the story where the messy action comes in, I didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't really sure like what the actual steps were going to be. I had never produced content for a client before. I had never produced somebody else's show in entirety. So this is where the messy action takes place. Okay. I agreed that we were going to do this. I had a price. That was where we were at. I remember talking to Alan. I was like, I can't, I can't be the one who edits our show because we were doing, I think, three or four episodes a week at that time and then edit somebody else's show. Like, that's not going to work. So this is where we started delegating. This is where I went out and tried to find a full-time video editor. And I ended up finding somebody. They didn't work out. So then I did it again myself for a little while. Then I found somebody else. That didn't work out, right? Then I, f I found Ron, our amazing audio editor, and then come to find out her husband's a video editor. And now we have a full-time audio editor and a full-time video editor. But this is the thing. If I never went and got that first client, if I never said, honestly, I'll figure it out, we would not be where we are today. We wouldn't be a multi-six-figure business because we'd still be trying to figure it out. We'd be waiting for that perfect opportunity. And I'm going to take everybody behind the curtain, behind the scenes even more. We just rolled out Next Level Social Media. We have next level web solutions. Alan does next level business solutions. I run next level podcast solutions. Every single one of those businesses started as messy action. Somebody said, hey, can you do this to my website? And we were like, yeah, yeah, we know somebody who can do that. Like, let's do it. And then somebody said, hey, can you do social media? And we're like, yeah, of course we can do social media. Like we can do that. Somebody's doing it for Alan. Like we can, we can have that work for you. It's always been messy action for us. Just make sure that you're, there has to be some level of certainty, but like everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. And one of my other points that I'll get into after is you have to bet on yourself. Google is an amazing thing. Like you can Google anything. When I 
redid my studio. Literally, I put this up today. I just Googled it and YouTubed it and Amazoned it. And here we are. And now it looks good. And my camera is probably going to crap out again five more times, but we're going to keep rolling. <laughs> and we're going to keep on rolling. We are. What episode is this? Is this 770? I know because this is next week. That's a whole. It's a whole thing. Seven seventy five or something like that. It's seven. From, we're still messing it up. It's seven from tomorrow. That's okay. all I know. Seven from tomorrow. I don't even know what that is. It's probably in the seven seventies. I know that. And we're at week eighty, and then you know, in terms of the the weekly live podcast, and in terms of episodes, we're at in the seven seventies, and and we still screwed this up. Multiple times. It's so important to understand this. I wrote this down. It says consistency matters more than anything else. Kevin and I are 770 plus episodes in and we still screwed this up. That is never not going to somewhat be the case. And I just, you know, I've coached so many people at this point. I'm about to surpass my 900th coaching call. And that's not including some from way back when I was in corporate. And what I do know for certain is that consistency is more important than anything else. And I'm going to use this as a frame. Okay. Everyone think of a hero of theirs. Think of um, a famous hero. It needs to be someone who's famous for their work. That's a better frame. Think of someone who's famous for their work right now. Kevin, you got yours? Okay. Who is it? Eminem. Okay. Everyone ask themselves, what is the one thing that Eminem was always consistently doing? Rapping. Rapping. Now, I want you to imagine Eminem was not consistent at rapping. No one would know his name. Steven Spielberg. How many movies has Steven Spielberg made? Uh, 28 or something like that? Probably 10 before Jaws? I don't even know. But Leonardo DiCaprio, an actor. How many movies has he been in? I mean, he was a child actor. He was in in What's Eating Gilbert Grape when he was like 11. Mm. He wasn't a perfect actor when he was 11. He probably wasn't even that good. Honestly, I think he was decent. But like, do you know what I mean? It's just so critical. Consistency is what matters, but people overlook that. Um, we have a mentor who we talk about often. Another shout out for Evan Carmichael. He has 6,850 videos. Kevin and I were in Florida and we were dissecting success, reverse engineering success, studying people, studying, pe- studying ourselves. He has 6,800 plus videos on YouTube. He has 3 million subscribers on YouTube. Evan Carmichael, it took him four years, four years, doing three videos a day, every day, four years to get 1,000 subscribers. The reason why messy action is so important is because if you're not willing to take messy action, you cannot be consistent. Huge, huge, huge fan of the Why Power podcast. And they are about to rebrand Bianca and Emilia, my beautiful girlfriend, Emilia and Bianca. Bianca's a client. Emilia's my heart and soul. She's amazing. Best thing that's ever happened to me. I told both of them when they first told me they were going to start a podcast. I said, you're both brilliant. You're both beautiful. You're both funny. You're awesome. If you cannot be consistent, you will lose. I don't care how beautiful or how talented or how intelligent you are. I said verbatim to my own girlfriend, who I love dearly, if you cannot be consistent, you will lose. They are now 68 weeks straight, I believe, and they're doing awesome. 
if I'm going to say the same thing to each and every one of you watching or listening, just like Eminem, just like Emilia, just like Bianca, just like Leonardo DiCaprio, just like Steven Spielberg, if you cannot be consistent, you will lose. We are 770 episodes in, still messing this up. If we're messing this up, 770 in, what are the chances you're going to mess up the first 10? 100%. 100% chance. I have a certainty for all of you. You have adversity in your future. You have messy action in your future. You will screw it up over and over and over and over again. But if you can't be consistent, your dreams are not actually possible. And to quote Stephen Kotler, I've got the book behind me right here. He said, very little is actually impossible given a decade. But without consistency, I'm going to say it, very little is actually possible. And this is the thing too. There is some degree of planning that you can do for messy action. So a lot of the action we take might look very messy, but we've probably done it enough where it's not. A couple quick examples. One, uh, again, Dave Melt. This is a Dave Meltzer and Evan Carmichael shout out fest today. But when <laughs> when we went to to California for the Brendan event, uh, we had the opportunity to go interview Dave at his his headquarters. First of all, we were late because we couldn't find a place. But think of this, okay? We go in, we see the people at the front desk. They're like, Dave will be right down. Cool, awesome. He comes strolling down the stairs with his team. He's like, all right, guys, give me five minutes. Go get set up in that. Uh, the studio there that you've seen Dave in like on his YouTube channel. This is his like studio. And we go in there, you and I get ready to sit down. And then his, he comes in with three other people and he says, cool, we're going to set up the cameras. You guys have 23 minutes and go. And the first time Alan and I had ever podcasted in front of other people that we weren't interviewing, like this was a whole thing, but Alan and I had prepped for that. So that messy action of just rolling in and doing it was actually planned. Same thing happened with Evan Carmichael. Evan Carmichael, we interviewed him at Toronto Dance Salsa in the middle of a salsa studio. And when we got there, he was being interviewed by somebody else. They left. We had five minutes to set up our equipment. He's like, all right, cool, go. We have 45 minutes. Are you guys good? And it's like, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah, let's do it. The same thing happened when we first interviewed Evan. He said, you guys have 20 minutes. I'm on a book tour. And 20 minutes in, I said, Ev, this will be the last question for you. He's like, no, keep going. I like you guys. Alan and I were, luckily, we prepped. So we were able to keep that interview going. So oftentimes, messy action looks messy, but it's not as messy as you think because you've already put in the work behind the scenes. That's another thing that I want to bring light to. It's only as messy as you let it be. And for us, like, again, my camera at this point is due to shut off any moment now. And it is what it is. If it does, it does. This has happened so many times that the messy action isn't as messy anymore. It's kind of just like expected that something goes wrong. And when it does, we'll fix it. And that's okay. That's growth. Fire. The fourth thing I have written down, it creates deeper understanding. So I talked about this earlier. Kevin and I will figure out at some point what's going on with the camera and we'll make corrective action. We're going to ask Alessandro. Alessandro. What's going on with the camera? What's going on with the camera? As a matter of fact, we literally bought ice packs to put on the camera because the sensor overheats. And we're not using the ice packs right now, but we'll probably use them in the future if it is an overheating problem, which again. But what I said is it creates deeper understanding. Messy action creates a deeper understanding. Um, I'm going to use this, this analogy. I cannot, I said this to one of my clients recently. I said, I cannot teach you calculus if you've never taken algebra two. 
Life is cumulative, just like mathematics is cumulative. Okay? If you don't understand the fundamentals of Algebra 2, so I'll just do this. So in high school, I started with um, pre-calc. That was actually in middle school. Then I took geometry. Then I took algebra. Then I took algebra 2. Then I took trigonometry. Then I took pre-calculus. Then I took calc 1. Then I took calc 2. Then I took, which was AP calc. Then I went to college. And in college, I, co- I took calc 1 and 2 again because I wanted good grades. Um, and then I took calc three and calc four. Then I took differential equations. Then I took linear algebra, which is a whole nother thing. And then I took discrete mathematics, logic, rash. So, okay. I failed forward that entire time. Now I was good at math and I did well in those courses, but I had tests that I failed. I had subjects that were a struggle for me. I remember trigonometry was a whole thing. Sine, cosine, tangent. It was brutal. That was the last, uh, that that was was the last math Kev? course I took. I was like, honestly, <laughs> not for me. Well, that's the thing, right? Okay, now I'm going to give you an example where I really messed up. So um, for those of you who know me well, I, I went for the President's Award in high school and I got straight A's, but I got one B plus in honors English. 89, Miss Desolate. She gave me an 89 in honors English. Guess what I did? Instead of taking messy action and failing forward, which would have helped me writing my book. I'm writing a book right now. I quit honors English. Never took honors English again. Just said, you know what? Math. Math is the way. I'm good at math. Let me just do math. Here I am writing a book, probably wishing to myself that I had stuck with English. And again, at this point, I read so many books and I write so often with through social media and all that, that I'm, I think I'm better now. But where are you not taking messy action where you should be? Where have you allowed failure to be final? Where have you, I'll give you another example. My guidance counselor said, you won't get into MIT. I didn't even apply. I very, very much could have gone to MIT. I went to WPI instead. Again, this isn't about me. Where have you let failure be final? Where have you let, where have you not taken messy action? Where have you allowed losing one tennis match or falling down once in snowboarding to make you go back to skiing? Very last point I'll make here regarding deeper understanding. And this also is a point to Kevin, what he said about preparing in advance. I remember when I first switched from skiing to snowboarding, I was petrified because my mom and my sister um, had told me that most people break their tailbone. It's like a thing in snowboarding. You like break your tailbone. And you know what I did? I swear to you. I put butt, pad. Pil- butt, butt pillow. Got to. I, was, I had put butt pillow in my, in my snow pants. Still ended up breaking my tailbone later on. Um, But you can prepare. Mm -hmm. You can prepare by knowing failure is a part of the process. It's so critical to understand that failure is a part of the process. Richard Branson has a net worth of $4 billion plus, and he's failed so many times. So many businesses have failed, but he also has so many businesses that succeeded. And every time he failed, he learned something and moved forward. And I think that's key to understand. Last point, because we, we're at 640 and we'll start the, the Q&A here. But this is a good analogy, or this is a good, I guess, lesson or point. This came to me when you were talking. Do you know what Alan and I get paid for from clients? It's giving them the opportunity not to have to necessarily take messy action because we've already taken the messy action. Like if, if you're out there right now and you don't know how to start a podcast, I've already taken the messy action. 
I can give you certainty. So that's extra motivation for you. Maybe it's not a podcast, whatever it is. If you have the opportunity to take messy action, understand that some somewhere down the road, you'll be able to teach that because people are afraid to take messy action. Everybody is to some degree. And if you can solve that on your own, you can also teach other people how to do it. I thought that was just a, a different spin to put on it. Um, I just look back, like I didn't want to learn how to audio edit or video edit or any of that. But now we have a, a team and we have a basically like a full media company because of that. So if, if I never took messy action, that never would have happened either. And the same is for you out there. I know Alan and I have talked a lot about us in this one, just because I feel like a lot of these are super personal to us because one of my fears, and I've talked about this a lot is I don't want somebody to see where we are or where they think we are and assume like it was easy or assume we got lucky or whatever it may be. And it's always my goal to take our amazing community behind the scenes of like this understanding the importance of messy action. This is why we are where we are more than anything else. Maybe reverse engine, uh, reverse engineering the finish line too, but this is a huge, huge, huge piece of it. Which I would love to do one on at some I point. Would, I would like that. Um, very last story. We'll move to Q and a real quick. Um, I was in the gym with Bianca, Amy and Emilia on Sunday and Bianca's in great shape. And she's been doing the fitness thing for a long time. And we were leaving the gym and I asked her, I said, um, I was frustrated because my right shoulder and my right knee are bothering me. And I basically talked to her about it. I said, it's always something. And I didn't mean that in a negative way of like, a let's give up. What I mean is there's always a bottleneck to your fitness goals. And Kevin, you know that too. I guarantee you, I can ask him like, what's, what's hurting you lately? Right shoulder. Right shoulder. Okay. So B, I asked her, what's hurting you lately? What hurt you in that workout? She's like, ah, oh, shoulders and, and my, uh, my groin's really tight. And so every bodybuilder has a bottleneck at all times, but that's also why they do more mobility. That's also why they learn. And that's why we have an app called Ramwad where we do long form stretching. But the key here is to understand that we were still in the gym anyway. Just because my knee hurt doesn't mean I take no action. It means that I, I do workouts that don't hurt as much because I don't want to re-injure myself. If anything, I'm going to take more action. I'm going to stretch more. I'm going to hydrate better. I'm going to learn what I still right now genuinely do not know the root cause of my knee pain. Mm. I think it's partially this crappy desk, which I'm getting a new desk. Mm. Um, but I think the other thing might be, and she was, we were talking about it. She's like, I think your, your calves might be tight. Ah, I said it. Right. Achilles. You said that too. Exactly. Achilles. Achilles. Exactly. Calf. And so again, messy action, just because things aren't ideal doesn't mean you shouldn't take action. And I think that's the most critical piece. Um, Kobe Bryant won a championship with a broken finger. I just think it's important to understand that if he had, if he had quit or stopped, he would never win that fifth championship. I think we'll bring on Amy. Amy is very good at messy action because Alan, both Alan and I, but Alan has definitely pushed her to take it. So she knows a fair amount about messy action. Let's bring Amy in. Amy, what's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.